Welcome back to SwitchCast Live. Yep, that is official. Our name is SwitchCast. I'm your host, Doug Tabbitt. I'm the founder of Switch Cars, GT Vault, and two-time overall Cannonball record holder. That's right, no qualifiers there. Uh, my goal on SwitchCast is to never be the smartest guy in the room. Maybe the fastest guy, for sure. Definitely the most humble. But uh, Andrew Carnegie once suggested that his epitaph should read, Here lies a man who is able to surround himself with men far cleverer than himself. So I want to surround myself on this show with experts. Uh, some of them you may have never heard of, but they are the unsung, unknown heroes and experts of the car industry. And they're going to be here offering their wisdom. Uh, so you and I are going to learn together, unless uh, that is if you're inquiring about Porsche GT cars, cannonballing, or song parodies, and then we will all be attending the Doug Tabbitt School of Higher Learning. Mm -hmm. So call in. That's right. This is a live call-in show. Call in to 216-294-4124 or post your questions in the comment flow wherever you are watching this live. The number again is 216-294-4124. My guest tonight is Sean Petter. Petter? I barely know her! Oh, yes, we are off to a really good start. The last podcast night it took long. an All hour. Night long. It took an hour to get there. This is going to be a good one. <clears throat> Sean set the diesel cannonball record in a TDI Passat in April of 2020. His time was 28 hours and 30 minutes. That is incredibly fast. Sean, give me a 100-foot flyover of yourself and the record run so we can get into the questions. There are a lot of them. All right. Well, yeah. So uh, I'm originally a Maryland native, grew up in Annapolis, uh, big fan of the Chesapeake Bay, seafood, all of that Crabs. good stuff. Crabs. love them. Um, unfortunately, I was uh, suckered into moving into Ohio in 2003 uh, by a president of a company who said that the winters in Ohio were just like Maryland, only a little bit longer. And that was a big fat lie. Uh, so moved here, uh, ended up with a family, uh, some kids, bought a house, and uh, been here ever since, and then uh, grown, kind of grown to like it. Uh, so, stuck in Ohio, as they say. Yeah, stuck in Ohio. Man, when I saw those stickers in the backs of cars, I thought, man, somebody is a marketing genius. Absolutely. So, yeah, so here I am. And uh, as far as the Cannonball stuff goes, um, you know, that all started in, uh, in 2017. Uh, actually, 2016, I was on a road trip and read about Ed Bolian uh, breaking Alex Roy's record. I didn't even know Alex Roy had a record at that point. Um, I just knew the myth and the, uh, the movie, and uh, I knew that it was based off something real, but I didn't know that anybody had actually done it recently. And um, I was halfway through Wisconsin on my way to Minneapolis for a, a pastor's conference, believe it or not. And uh, I'm reading this article on Jalopnik, and, uh, and I said, oh my gosh, people are still doing this. Like, it just blew me away. Um, my so, brother-in-law forwarded me that same article. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Oh, and I was super disappointed that I wasn't in the car. Yeah. I it's sort of new Ed at the time. And Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, that kind of sparked the fire and uh, just kind of started my search because it, it mentioned some people uh, who I had found online, uh, people who ran the 2904 and the C2C Express. And so I reached out to uh, them and uh, was eventually invited to participate. And for the first two years, 2017 and 2018, that I knew about it, um, I couldn't participate. Just work was involved, uh, family kind of 
um, prevented me from making that step. Um, all the usual excuses. All of them, yeah. But yeah. in 2019, uh, all those excuses were gone. Uh, there, I was not making any more excuses. Uh, it was time for a little bit of Sean time, and uh, and I had the passion, and I, I contacted Ben, who runs the C2C Express, and I said, hey, you keep mentioning that people need co-drivers. I go, you're going to get me in trouble. You keep mentioning this because <laughs> I can't afford to you know, form my own team, but I'll, I'll hop in somebody's right seat. So, Okay, for people who don't know, who have heard the word cannonball, what what in the world is the C2C Express? So the C2C Express is a uh, is a great event that ran for five years in cars that are pre-1981. So they, they are time period correct for the Cannonball. Um, it's a $3,000 budget on the purchase price of the car. Uh, safety modifications not included there. And then... Uh, unlimited budget for modifications. As, I found that loophole. As many have proven. <laughs> at least the man Ultra on my right. Beige. So, uh, so, yeah, so you start in Darien, Connecticut, where uh, in years previous to that, you started at Red Ball, the mm-hmm. traditional starting point for the Cannonball. And in 1979, the Cannonball started at uh, the Good Wives Shopping Center in yep. Darien, Connecticut. So that's where we started in 2019. Uh, you know you were there. Yep. And... Um, so it's a it's a tribute race with period correct cheap cars. That's a great way to put it. Yes, much more sustainable. Terrible than time. I was headed. Yes. It's all good. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> we have tons of questions. T- so many people want to know about cannonballing. Um, and uh, the the goal of the format of this show is not uh, primarily to be an interview, but to be an interaction. We're here to answer questions and and help you on your automotive journey. So um, we're going to get into the questions. uh, But what I will say is uh, all the questions we have from from social media in advance, uh, we'll try to get through as many as we can. However, if you call in live or ask your questions live where you're watching, you do get priority because we are uh, our goal is to interact with the people who are here with us live, uh, not just answer preloaded questions. So um, call in. The number is 216-294-4124. Uh, with that said, we are going to get uh, right into the questions and, and uh, see if I can keep all of them straight here. But uh, we're going to we're going to just go with it. Uh, one of the first questions somebody noticed on your car was the blue line plate. Yep. Uh, Vinny Russo asked this. He asked simply blue line plate to avoid police. All right. Well, Vinny, I appreciate the question. Um, so nothing on my car, uh, that was pro uh, law enforcement was to avoid police. Uh, the avoiding the police was hopefully in the discretion of the vehicle we used, uh, the laser jammers, the radar detector ways, those kinds of things. The blue line plate, uh, and if, if you would have seen at the time also on my trunk, I had removed the Volkswagen emblem from the trunk lid and replaced that with a thin blue line American flag emblem, um, really was for after the fact that we were noticed by police that hopefully mm. we would be a little bit more uh, easygoing on us, I guess. Um, and really, we were supporting law enforcement. So when, when the C2C Express, uh, the, the, um, the 2904, all of these organizations uh, involve some form of law enforcement. In fact, there was a team on the C2C Express who was pure law enforcement. Yep. Um, and they had an organization called the um, Cannonball Memorial Run. Mm-hmm. So while we were on our run, 
we were actually raising money for them as well. Yep. Um, so and, and what the Cannonball Memorial Run and the Blue Line organization does, uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding, I think, about the Blue Line uh, organization, not to get into politics here, but um, what they do is they raise funds and awareness for uh, surviving spouses of officers killed in the line of duty. So yeah. it's not a political organization, uh, is purely a support organization for officers killed in the line of duty and their families. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that's what makes it so easy to support because you really can pour your heart out for those who have lost a loved one killed in the line of duty. Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, that's part of what we did. And, and so to represent that, uh, we ran the Cannonball Memorial Run stickers in the car along with the uh, license plate and the emblem on the back. Does it work? Like if you get pulled over... <clears throat> Do you want that story now? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I asked if it worked. So on the way back from uh, completing the run, uh, Mark Spence, my spotter, and I, uh, we drove the car back from California. And rather than taking the same route back, which would have been faster, uh, we actually decided, hey, let's see some country we haven't seen yet. So we went up through Vegas. Which is all of it when you're yeah. going at that speed. So we went through Vegas, uh, up to Salt Lake City, uh, around Salt Lake City, uh, up into Evanston, Wyoming, and stayed mm-hmm. the night there. And the next morning, uh, our good friend Denny had said, hey, you can stay at my cabin in Iowa tonight if you can make it here in time. And so that was a 1,000 miles we had to cover in a day. And I said, well, if we can do 100 miles an hour, it's 10 hours of driving. That's nothing. <laughs> I, I can see where this is going. <clears throat> so it's 7 in the morning. Against Mark's better judgment, um, I put my foot down, and, and we had seen so much false KA radar in California that we thought, okay, this KA we're getting hit with on the middle of nowhere Wyoming is false. Didn't see the, the, the state trooper anywhere. And, um, and so uh, it wasn't false. Uh, as we're going down the bottom of one hill, I see him cresting over the hill behind us, and we get pulled over, and i just praying that he doesn't ask us to pop the trunk and look at this 27-gallon <laughs> fuel cell full of diesel. Uh, so he, you know, pulls us over. I, I hand him the FOP card. I hand him the FOP lawyer card. He goes, well, what's this? And hands it right back to me. And I go, this is not going to yep. go good. I've had those. Uh, goes and writes the ticket and brings it back and he sticks his head in. And it was very super trooper esque. He, he looks in and he looks around and he goes, that's the fanciest radar detector I've ever seen. Not fancy enough. <laughs> So, uh, like no, we, we, we got no sympathy from him whatsoever from any of the oh, emblems man. on our car. Yeah. I, well, I, sometimes I think there is sympathy. Uh, sometimes maybe a ticket at the speeds we are going is yeah. your only a ticket is the best sympathy we can get. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I say that from experience, alleged, <laughs> alleged experience. Um, <clears throat> from Tyler Eng- Engram, what is the best way to get started into cannonballing. It's to go really slow, right, Sean? Is That's that right. your first foray? Yeah, uh, well, what I would say, <laughs> yeah, I would, my first foray was really slow. Um, it would be to find a group, an organization uh, of fun-loving people that want to do this for fun. You know, when we when we set out in the, can- in the diesel, in the Passat, we never set out to set a record. We were going to go have fun, just like we did with the C2C Express. Sure. Um so that's really it is is find a group of people who are like like you who who are interested in this kind of thing who uh, who want to put the work and the effort into making the car safe who are going to put the work and effort into planning properly um, because this is not something that we take lightly I mean yeah. the amount of preparation and the, the months of preparation that go into planning a single run yeah uh, is really all to keep it completely 100 percent as safe as we can except for the guy in the r8 
Except for that guy. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> there was a guy in an R8, uh, the story's on Vinwicky, who decided during the COVID shutdown that his strategy was going to be to take an R8 that was still wrapped in like gold foil whatever graphics from a rally and had a license plate that said Trump 20 and <laughs> cannonball this R8 across country by himself with a radar detector and ways. And his <clears throat> um, strategy for staying awake was to smoke cigars the whole time. Right. Needless to say, he didn't make it past Missouri without being in trouble with the police. Um, we have a question, a couple questions from uh, the live stream. Yeah. Um, for an amateur, obviously beating GPS at 42 hours is a win. But what's a good time to shoot for to be good? I assume under 35, but that's just a guess, or is it just have fun and finish? I, I mean, you kind of already answered that. It's it's to have fun, be safe, and and finish, and, and yeah. kind of beat your own personal goal. And by no means are we the arbitrators of what's a good time, because well, it's really based on on. I, <laughs> well, you might be okay. I, I might be. <laughs> so it's it's really based on on the effort you put in, right? So. Any modern car can really cruise at a high speed pretty easily. Uh, we proved that with a 170 horsepower turbo diesel. Mm -hmm. So, um, but right now with the way traffic is, with the way the infrastructure is and everything else, if you're going to go out and you're going to do it for the first time, yeah, any time under 40 hours is really good. You know, the closer you get to 35, you should be really proud of yourself. Again, to get to 35, it's the preparation. You yeah. got to make the car safe. You got to make the plan practical and uh, you got to keep the other drivers on the road. Yeah. In mind. Yeah, that's that's a good answer. It, it, um, yeah, I won't go into that story. Uh, Ethan, I think when you give me these questions, you need to give me their names because I totally want to call this guy out, uh, girl, whatever. Uh, isn't Richard Rawlings the fastest cannonballer? I think they're trolling. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to know who sent that. Uh his tattoo proves that he is, right? I mean, yeah, right, right. Um, from a Mr. Oscar May, this is a question I don't know how to answer. If you're running behind schedule, should you turn back and try again tomorrow or keep going? <clears throat> Listen, you don't know how to answer this question. <laughs> if your exhaust I falls off, you should definitely go back to the start, <laughs> reattach it, running behind, <laughs> and start over. So the so the short answer is is how far have you made it? Okay, yeah. are you past Connecticut? Well, that's if you're starting in Darien. Are, are you are you past New Jersey? Are you already into Pennsylvania? Well, I mean, how serious of an effort are you making? Is this for fun? Is this for experience? Are you right. trying to have a story to tell? I, I that's a good answer. And our first C to C, our transmission blew up in Indiana in the middle right. of the night. Yeah, and we decided that we were going to finish and not go home. It would have been really easy to go home. We were like three hours from Cleveland. Yeah. And we got an Uber in the middle of the night, in the middle of nowhere in Indiana. That's, you know, you don't get to choose how many stars your Uber driver has at, at that <laughs> point. Um, you just hope that they've had less drinks and they have stars. But um, we stayed overnight until we could get a rental car in the morning and we finished. And, yeah. um, you know, we still did it in like 40 four hours or something like that I was with an say overnight it. stay. So yeah. all that to say, finishing was one of the best things we ever did. We decided not to accept defeat. Um, but Well, listen to this. I mean, do you remember what happened with Rob Zappa and his Fire Am? Yeah. He made it to the start. He built this car, you know, purpose-built for this, his dream car, made it to the start, and then blew a tire out 
somewhere early in the run, uh, shredded his fender and everything. And uh, he was really disheartened. And there was quite a few of us who were texting him like, just get on a plane and get to California. Now, he didn't run, drive the whole run, but he still completed it and got to California and celebrated with us because he was a participant. So participating is, is huge. Um, yeah, yeah, so it's it's really what you feel. Yeah, yeah, finish. Finish yeah. and then try again again. Yeah. Um, we're going to go to the, the calls here. Uh, Michael from Birmingham, uh, he's got a good question here. So uh, let's see here. Michael, you are online with myself and Sean. What's your question? Gentlemen, I would like to know your most miserable experiences on your run. And <laughs> do you look back and laugh at those, or do you look back and cringe? That is a good question. Um, I've had a number of miserable experiences in ultra beige. In fact, most of it was miserable. The exhaust falling off the other exhaust falling off halfway across the country, um, bolts falling out, the AC not working, um, you know, getting CO carbon monoxide poisoning halfway through California because the exhaust had fallen off, transmission going out in Indiana. I mean, we have been on the side of the road so much. Um, That's it? What was the second part of your question? <laughs> Why do we do this? <laughs> Do you look back and laugh, or, you know, do you do you cringe and wonder why do I enjoy doing this? I, I honestly, I th I think we cringe. Um, yeah. I think we all really want the perfect run because even the perfect run is incredibly grueling and difficult. Um, I don't think Alex Roy overstated it in his book when he talked about kind of where people were at at the the thirty hour mark and how you just. You wanted to quit. You never wanted to do it again. And then you get there and you have this sense of elation at, at this massive accomplishment. Um, so, no, I, I don't look back on my miserable experiences and say, man, that was that was really cool in hindsight. I look back and go, I wish I had the perfect run. But I think yeah. it makes you a better <clears throat> cannonballer. Yeah, I mean, we all know that we can look back and say, hey, we left time on the table. But as far as experiences that happened while we were running, um, it's funny because I've, I've got my co-driver here who, as soon as that question was asked, looked up at me and we all both kind of laughed at each other, but you know, there's a couple, a couple things. One, uh, somewhere in the middle of the Midwest, and I can't remember what city it was, it was somewhere in Nebraska. I mean, we had a deer that was three inches from the driver's side, a pillar and the whole Jason was driving. He was doing, uh, an alleged speed of, of well over 120. And uh, I had my head down looking at social media or something. I don't even remember exactly. But the whole car just shifted five feet one way and five feet back the other. And it, it really, I mean, that was a scary moment. And Jason hit, was like on pins and needles from that point, 100% uh, adrenaline. Um, outside of so, that. So you went from tweeting to twerking? <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's, just, yes. he's here all night, folks. Tip your waiters. I'm, I'm um, keeping track. <clears throat> Yeah, so I mean that was that was one experience that was very uh, uh, I don't know horrible. I, I don't know if, if that's the right word. Um, the other is for for me is uh, heading through the Rocky Mountains. Now the elevation there kills you, and at the time my car was still it kills you. It did kill me. We yes. had eight hundred horsepower. I, yes, I did. I did not. So um, 
at the time, I didn't know my car very well. And that sounds strange, cannonballing it across country, but there were just certain things about a Volkswagen, a TDI with a DSG transmission that I just didn't understand. And, uh, and so we had some conversation in the car about how hard we push this transmission. And so when you got into the Rockies, my little 170 horsepower turbo diesel went down to 70 miles an hour from Denver all the way through to Utah. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of time we could make up. Yeah. And had I known na- then what I know now, which is that these DSD transmissions are bulletproof and they can handle 350, 400 horsepower, no problem. So t- for me to have manually downshifted that to keep the, the revs up a little higher, to keep the speed a little higher. Yeah. I look back on that and that's a cringe for me. Sure. Sure. Learning, learning from experience. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Michael, for the call. Uh, appreciate your question. Uh, we're going to go to Donick. D- Dom- I'm sorry, Dominic from Chicago. Uh, Dominic, what's your hey question? There. Oh, hey. Um, well, Sean, it's Dominic. You remember me? <laughs> yeah. What's going on, man? Uh, I- hey, uh, I'm actually uh, driving right now. I got you on the earbuds, so it's all safe. Good. My question is. Uh, possibly in the future, for time allows, would you be interested in setting a record with a hybrid vehicle? Because I don't know if one exists, because I'm about to purchase one. I was trying to think about maybe doing something fun with this thing in the near future. That's awesome, man. I, uh, one, congratulations on, uh, on, on what you're about to purchase. I know you've been looking for a car for a while, and that's, that's awesome. As far as a hybrid record, is there a hybrid record, Doug? Uh, I mean, I know I yes. have. Um, well, t- uh, Timothy, Timothy, yeah. the sticker guy, right. r- used a, a Prius in one of the C to Cs. He it did, wasn't yeah. an official right. What was his car? Do you I remember? Don't, I don't remember. I'm sorry, okay. dude. No, it's, uh, it was um, less than forty hours. So yeah. So uh, I mean, there is one? I guess. So I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you this, Dominic. Just like I tell everybody, is is one. I'm always interested in going for a drive. Uh, two. <laughs> Uh, life sometimes gets in the way, right? So if the work schedule lines up and the finances are there, you know, hit me up, man. You, you know my Facebook account. Uh, just shoot me a message. Let me know when you're ready. There, there's no hybrids That's under up. 32 hours. Well, I think. Okay. All right. And, and the one that might be in my possession is a Honda Civic hybrid. So. Okay. Well, that's a pretty bulletproof car. Right. Sean is used to right. going fast so. and slow cars, so <laughs> you guys will be perfect together. I think we should we'll rename the the show like Cannonball Matchmaking or something oh, that's tonight. Exactly yeah, right. So. Thanks, Dominic. All right, thank you, Dominic, for the call. See I appreciate. It, Drive safe. Um, you got. It. All right, we've got uh, Sean from Canada. I think I know who oh, this might be. Yes. Maybe Sean. How's it going? Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. How goes the battle? Oh, it's yeah. What's what do you what do you say? How goes the battle? How goes the battle? Yeah, great. We're winning. Yes, <laughs> that's always good. Okay, yeah. I have a question for Sean. Yeah, from the other Sean. I observed you driving at breakneck speeds across the country. I love and you. This sounds I creepy. A traffic camera. Uh, yes, I just it's posted that video really today creepy. to my Facebook. The Colorado mountains. Yeah. And I watched you roll past a RAV4 at about a mile per hour difference. Yeah. And I was standing, yelling at my computer, <laughs> go faster. Okay. Well, you know who, so, was, who was yelling with you was Jason in the back seat. <laughs> and all of us watching so on Can you glimpse. talk about the idea, when I hear people 
I talk about Cannonball with my friends, and they'll go, oh, dude, you know what you need to do? You need to get a diesel, bro. <laughs> so can you explain to me, as someone who's done that, yeah. is a diesel the best option? <clears throat> so uh, I think I have to go by what's been proven and say no. Uh, however, I have a four-cylinder, two-liter, 170-horsepower diesel, and there are bigger, more powerful diesels. There's a V10, uh, there's a 3.0 V6, um, and there's quite a lot of horsepower and torque that can be harnessed out of those. Um, what you gain with a diesel that you that you give up a little bit with a gas-powered vehicle is the fuel economy. The fuel economy and the torque, which really, um, in the past, I think people thought that uh, diesels wouldn't have the horsepower to do the run because you couldn't get up to speed in time. But Really, we proved just the opposite. I mean, my car, although it only has 170 horsepower, you just breathe on the throttle, and it, and it and it's you know passing whatever's in front of it. So, if you had one of those bigger displacement engines, uh, more turbos, etc., yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the diesel. Just the, just the fuel economy alone gives you a slight advantage if your vehicle doesn't weigh too much and isn't too wind resistant. So uh, somebody like yourself, I think, that has the mechanical knowledge and ability and, and can put the, the work in, yeah, I think, I think it's a, a great advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for the call, Sean. Good to hear for from sure, you. For sure, guys. Thanks a lot. Yeah. See you, man. Have a good one. Um, following up on that question, a uh, guy on Instagram, SilverBM9, I think that's an internal Subaru lingo, uh, how many miles per hour did the Passat get and how many fuel stops were required or uh, I guess it's desired versus required, yeah, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> so overall we averaged 25 and a half miles per gallon. We had an 18 gallon factory tank and we had a 27 gallon auxiliary tank that fed the factory tank as we needed it to. The issue that we had, uh, because when we were planning, we planned for three fuel stops. Mm-hmm. Um, first one, I, I don't even want to quote where they were supposed to be, but because I'm going to be off. It's been so long. But um, we were supposed to have three. We thought we could do it with three fuel stops, and ideally, had everything gone according to plan, that would have worked. Um, When I originally built the car and I built a fuel transfer system, I used a fuel filter from the auxiliary tank to the main tank that flowed at a much higher rate. And then the night before the run, I'm up at 3 o'clock in the morning making modifications to the car and realizing that the fuel filters that I have are not rated for diesel. And whether they would have worked or not, I, I don't know. But all I could picture was particulate matter going through my fuel system and shutting us down <laughs> in Oklahoma. Uh, and I said, you know what? Y- you had always told me the one problem with cannonballing is fuel systems. Yes. It's, it's the one issue you're going to have. Yep. And so I went to Summit Racing down in Talmadge, and I purchased two diesel-rated uh, fuel filters and uh, put that in line, and it flowed at such a massively slower rate that our calculations were all off. We couldn't be accurate when we were doing the run. And so instead of three stops, I think we did six. It it really was. It it was. Um, And in fact, at one point... How much time do you think that cost you? Because we all love looking back at... At least a half hour, 45 minutes. And and, and the problem was, is because we we discovered that problem early in the run at our first fuel stop uh, on the Ohio Turnpike, uh, Jason, my co-driver... Uh, being the mechanical whiz that he is, just went into the trunk, went into the fuel filter, removed the, me- the, fil- <laughs> just Rem- like removed the filter media, and 
just made it essentially a barb fitting. So it free flowed. So we had no longer the filter between uh, the auxiliary tank and the factory tank. So now we're flowing at a much faster rate than we ever anticipated. And if you ever see the, the pictures that I've posted of the car at the finish line, the entire right quarter panel and trunk and bumper are, are just covered in black. And it looks like the car has been through a war zone. And you're like, yeah, it's, it did the work. But really all that is is just diesel fuel <laughs> and road debris that it picked up along the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I, I didn't know that, but I, I mean, I knew your fuel troubles. I didn't know that about the picture. So yeah, yeah. Um, a couple more uh, live questions. I think we these are quick ones. Are there any records that haven't been announced? Um, I don't think so. The motorcycle and the new uh, electric EV record were announced recently. Um, there's no new overall record. There's some... Uh, qualified records i guess uh, what we call them consolation records whatever um that you know people are keeping quiet um but uh they won't ever be announced but uh there's nothing faster than 2539 that we know of right um i guess there there might be another diesel record we have we'll talk about that later okay um i think that's a, a good topic um oh boy Thoughts on mobile refueling. It's good in the movies. Yeah. Yeah, we're just gonna leave it at that. It's it's good in the movies. None of us has done it yet, and there's a reason. That's the internet, that's Reddit's answer to how to beat the cannibal record is mobile refueling, but um it's not the answer. Um okay, we're going to go to our first commercial, which is me just talking again. Uh, This wonderful switchcast is brought to you by Boxcast. Boxcast is a live streaming company based here in Cleveland, Ohio, and they serve broadcasters and viewers in more than 200 countries. Their founders launched Boxcast back in 2013 with one purpose, one, to make people part of the experience. If you're looking to live stream your podcast, church service, car show, sporting event, wedding, or even your cannonball attempt, Boxcast is an easy, flexible live streaming platform for organizations. It's so easy. We are doing this with a cell phone. So if you love what you see here, it's thanks to Boxcast. If you don't, it's my producer's fault or your Wi-Fi or our Wi-Fi or user error or, you know, Donald Trump. Uh, so head over to switchcars.com slash Boxcast for your free trial. Switchcars.com slash Boxcast for a free trial. Uh, so if you're watching us, you can call in 216-294-4124 or post your questions in the comment flow wherever you are watching live. We'll do our best to get to your questions this evening. Uh, we have a live in-studio guest. I think we all know who this is. This oh, yeah. Is, um, this is Mark. He's uh, the, the spotter for Sean's run, and he has a good question. Come on, Mark. Why, thank you for having me. <laughs> My biggest question is, five-hour energy or chocolate-covered cocoa beans for your snacks on the runs? Yeah, so uh, so Fred Ashmore uh, famously put it uh, in his response to that kind of question is, is uh, the less you put in, the less that comes out, right? So uh, small little five-hour energies are great. Uh, chocolate-covered espresso beans are wonderful. Uh, so to answer Mark's question, one or the other, the answer is yes. Whatever works best for you. Yeah, yeah. For me, the answer is definitely chocolate covered coffee beans. Yeah. I can't, um, I can't really do caffeine, 
Mm. Um, it messes with my stomach and head and all sorts of things. Um, so I take very small intakes and the chocolate covered coffee beans are perfect because just, it's a tiny amount and I want to maintain rather than take some big shot of energy and then crash. I think the one thing to note here is with the five hour energies is that you cannot add them together over the course of a run. So, so five, five hour energies does not equal a 25 hour run. It equals a heart attack. Um, we need to keep that in mind. I don't know because I've I've never tried yes. and never will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! If you could have only one radar detector, which one would it be, and why? From Ty Picard. I don't know if we can answer this because we're not sponsored by one yet, or I guess we can answer it because we're not sponsored. Hmm. Yeah. So I I love Uniden. <clears throat> Uniden, I love Uniden. Uh, mm. So I have an R seven. Mm-hmm. As do I. Man, I, I I know there are better ones. I know there are better, you know, integrated uh, built-in kits. But as far as a standalone uh, radar detector goes with active upgrades and updates and support, I, I just don't know what else is out there that you're not going to spend thousands of dollars on. Yeah. So I I have the Uniden R7. Um I'm not a huge fan. I think it's a very good detector, mm. uh, but the Escort Max 360 or the Escort Redline just works better. Yeah. Um, the software that's in those that, um, well, my unit at, le- at least, the GPS software is very slow to respond, very finicky. Mm. Um, the There's a lot of false signals. The software just doesn't process as quickly. Um, the Escort Max 360, I rarely get fault signals okay um and there's a big debate between v1 and everyone else right the the, the big difference between those being the gps filtering i sure. am a hundred percent all about gps filtering i disagree with the reason that valentine doesn't use it like yeah it, it's yeah. i think you have to have gps filtering but then from there it becomes about what radar detector you're comfortable with because right. if you are using escort with the jbv1 app and that works for you great if you know your unit in really well yeah it, you know a radar detector is a relationship right That's exactly you right. know its quirks and 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 how it responds to false signals versus real signals and um that's the best one you can have is the one that you understand and get along with. Yeah. And people ask me all the time, why do you run your radar detector all the time, even when you're not doing a cannonball? And the question, and the answer is really like you just said, so you learn it, you, yes. you know, it when you don't have it, you feel naked without it. Right. You know, so it's uh, yeah, it's absolutely a relationship. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this question is from John in Denver. Um, did you know that there was a secret cannonball where a bunch of dignitaries and world leaders participated? Wow. Yeah. I did, I did not. Yeah. Mussolini, Mussolini was totally the fascist driver. <laughs> this is why I come here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here all night. Tip your bartenders extravagantly. Mm. Okay. So back to the question, are there any records that haven't been announced? I'm going to go down a road that's uh, interesting. I think, anyway. Yes. So, there are some records that have been claimed, talked about, whatever, um, 
that don't have proof. Uh, there's a lot of records that don't have proof. There's some that people don't want made public. They just did them to do them. Yeah. Uh, one of them is a eco-diesel ram. Allegedly. Allegedly. That ran last year, and they ran around 28 hours flat. Allegedly. Allegedly. Again, they haven't announced it. They haven't claimed it, right? Yeah. So two questions for you. Does a record count if it's not claimed? And that goes way back to the Alex Roy versus Richard Rawlings debate, because if you're into the nuances of this, uh, Richard Alex Roy went faster than Richard Rawlings before Richard Rawlings went. So Richard Rawlings never technically had a record, but Alex Roy held his record, uh, kept it a secret for a year uh, for the alleged statute of limitations or fear yeah. of them, whereas Richard Rawlings came out with it immediately. So technically, I guess Richard Rawlings was the record holder because it was the announced record. Yeah. And then secondly... What about if there's no proof? Alex Roy had, I got a lot of evidence, as he says. Richard Rawlings has a tattoo and a Ferrari with stickers on it. Yeah. So, question one, does a record count if it's not claimed? <clears throat> All right, so I'm going to go way back on this one because history matters and these records do matter and, and uh, whether... Whether you're into all the subcategories and all that stuff, it doesn't matter. But so, even back in the 80s and the 70s, the times mattered to the people who ran them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if uh, if you sit down and have a conversation with some of the older guys that have done this, as I have, they'll tell you the same stories that we hear about today where guys have posting these or, you know, or telling these uh, these stories about these times that they've ran but something just doesn't line up or there's no proof or whatever. And, uh, and it's, it's just as, um, I don't know, disheartening is the word. I'm not sure, uh, to them from their era as it is for us today. So the sure. U S express the cannonball. Um, and, and so if you, if you, if you do it, it matters to you. Sure. Okay. And, um, and this run, only mattered to that guy and, so that, and he's that, not trying to claim anything i'm just and that's this wonderful. Is a good example of and, and if it's legit let me tell you something if it's legit that's awesome i got a guy right now who is building a uh, a bmw um 355d mm -hmm. uh specifically to beat my record i've met him i've seen <laughs> imitation the imitation is the sincerest form of flattery I, yeah i've met him i've seen the car um he's having some tuning issues right now but he's a wonderful guy i wish him all the best and you know what I'm going to spot for him when he does his run mm -hmm. because I don't, I don't mind that somebody else out there has it. Um, if, if this gentleman beat our time, that's, that's fantastic. Um, I'd love to shake his hand and hear the story. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay. Do you think they count if there's no proof? No, uh, but, but, but does any of this count? Do you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I, I guess because there's, there's, there's the cannonball community right. that cares about proof and all of that. And yeah. then there's the greater That's world right. that often doesn't. I mean, yeah. you look back at Richard Rawlings' record, nobody's asked him for proof. Granted, when he didn't do it, there wasn't a standard of evidence because nobody had done it at all for 30 years. Yeah. Um, but you're right, going back to the 80s and the 70s, there was controversy over alleged 
falsified or exaggerated runs, and we have that today. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, I, it doesn't matter. Not to us, N- not to us, because there is no proof, like you said. It's like the gentleman who broke down in Missouri in the R eight. Supposedly there was a slew of cops and et cetera, et cetera, but yet there's no evidence of that. So, right. so we kind of laugh at these things. Um, this this guy with the Ecotech, uh, you know. All I've ever heard is a couple people saying to me, hey, have you heard about this ecotech? You know, but he knows whether that's true or not. Sure. So. Sure. Yeah. What about the people claiming loudly that don't have proof? No, that doesn't matter at all. Anybody can do that. That's what the Internet's all about, right? Okay. All right. We won't go too far down that road. <laughs> <laughs> um. Can can you folks explain the Richard Rawlings hate? I I, I I kind of think we just did. It's not that we hate him. I, I legitimately think he did it. Um, there's to, to 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 carry it on this long as brashly as they have to get a tattoo and to not have done it seems a little ridiculous. Right. I think he's an easy target because he is a vibrant personality. Right. Um. He maybe makes a little bit of easy target of himself, and there's a lot of people who really don't believe he did it. Um, and I think that I, I think it's just an easy joke. Here's the thing, maybe. though: if you've never read the book "The Drive" by Alex Roy, it's very easy to fall into the mocking trap, as it is online to do to anybody who makes claim about anything. Yeah. But when you understand his character of who he was during the gumball rallies. And his assistance to the other drivers Mm -hmm. and the way that he carried himself then, you would hope to think that he still carried that in when he supposedly set this record. Right. So you give him the benefit of the doubt and you say, okay. But then, of course, Alex Roy already had the record and there's that. Right. To do Cannonball, you have to have some screws loose to start with. Yes. So us talking trash about other Cannonballers is usually just because we think they're more screwed up than we are. But if you look at Richard Rawlings or Alex Roy, both of them are very strong personalities, very out there people. Yeah. And I don't think either one will deny it. And I think that's part of it is Alex Roy had a lot of, um, I don't know if animosity is the right word towards Richard Rawlings, but there, there was some, some headbutting there and they're both very strong personalities. Yeah. Uh, both had a lot of media attention. So I think that was maybe just fuel for the fire. Um, along those lines, a good question we got was, um, a lot of people want a record for notoriety or fame or whatever. Yeah. Have you gotten famous? (laughs) (laughs) You're on my podcast. This is as famous as I've gotten. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, not at all. Okay. What are the drawbacks slash long-term costs? It's a lot of things people don't think about. What are the the what's the other side of having your name out there associated with scofflaw activities all right so first things first um unless you are the overall record holder either solo or overall um your name's not going to get out there so you really don't have a whole lot to worry about there too much i do know of some people who have had job issues when their name is googled and it comes up um but for me, that hasn't been the case. But you can create that problem just by posting stupid stuff on Facebook, too, That's so That's true. Um, the long-term effect for me was the ticket I received in Wyoming. 
you know, I had to hire a lawyer out of state. I had to pay uh, a prosecutor's much larger fee than it should have been so that it didn't translate into points and I didn't have to go to jail for a couple of days. Um, and I'm a commercial truck driver. My license is my income. Um, that's why I had to pay those extra fees in order to knock the uh, offense down to where it didn't affect my ability to drive. Um, some people don't have that issue, so it's not a big deal. So you really got to weigh, what, well, what happens if you get pulled over in a state that doesn't share the interstate compact and you have to have thousands of dollars on you to post bail or you go to jail? Well, do you carry thousands of dollars on you or do you go to jail? You know, well, th- <laughs> These are things that people don't think about that right. you just drive across the country. Right. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go to the calls. Um, sorry to keep you all on hold for so long. I'm not from the South, but y'all is more efficient than something else. Uh, Tommy from the UK. We know this guy. Tommy, how's it going? Uh, not too bad, gents. It's uh, very late over here, but I had to call in. Uh, you get, get me through my, my evening of emails, man. Oh, good. We uh, we appreciate it and apologize at the same time. <laughs> Surely you had better options. Uh, what's uh, what's your question, Tommy? I suppose it's interesting, you know, going on from sort of the, the, the proof and, and Sean there speaking about, you know, um, sort of jail and, and kind of lawyer fees and stuff. I suppose my question is for both of you guys, as you both sort of did astronomical kind of sub-30 times, is was sort of covering your tracks sort of in your mind at the time? Um, you know, this sort of thing of trying to prove the record. Well, sometimes you may not want to prove it to certain people. Did you, like, for example, take your mobile phone or were you sort of conscious of what if the law didn't look too kindly to this? Was there mm. sort of a, a kind of a strategy for that? Yeah. Um, we... Uh, set up a website live stream and had like 150 people watching. That was our strategy for covering our tracks. <laughs> Not the smartest. <laughs> Including a lot of cops uh, who were off duty, maybe. Um, Sean? Yeah, I, the whole cell phone thing really didn't occur to me at all. And, and Tommy, to be honest with you, un- until your case came up in the UK, um, I hadn't really thought about Anything other than, okay, we've got multiple drivers in the car, therefore you can't prove who was driving at the time. Um, but the one thing that your defense over the issue that you had uh, in the UK that I think about quite often, to be honest with you, um, is the whole, I made it up. Um, you know, if uh, if it's an after-the-fact type thing, there is always that defense, and, uh, and, and bravo on the brilliance of that, to be honest with you. Uh, I think about that quite often. Um, but no, I, there, the only thing that I had conscious knowledge of or effort of was I really shouldn't be swiping my credit card at fuel pumps across the country at this rate of speed because it's leaving a digital trail. But I didn't have any other better options. Cash was just too slow uh, we didn't know how much we'd be pumping etc so we just used the credit cards at the pumps um, so no we, we really didn't take too many precautions in that regard yeah I think this is actually a, a good um, a, a good example of why cannonball is American yeah um, 
for those of you watching, we know Tommy from the UK because uh, he allegedly did a, a high-speed drive across the UK and had some legal repercussions uh, for his alleged drive, which I guess didn't actually happen. Tommy's a, a, a two-faced liar and, and uh, made the whole thing up. Uh, so... It's a quid of all charges. Yeah, right, right. Um, so, but... <sighs> America, kind of the reason this started, or at least why Brock started it, was the call for freedom. The cry for freedom is, you know, it was rebelling against overreaching governmental authority. Absolutely. And, you know, state sovereignty still exists, and that's the beautiful thing about Cannonball, is there is no federal uh, speeding law or federal government that's going to come after you for doing this stuff. Uh, you really like, um, yeah, the, the drive West is kind of that pursuit of freedom. It goes back to the gold rush and, and I'm not doing this justice, but it is cannonball is purely American. And that's kind of why we don't fear the, the repercussions. And I have a patch that I bought at, um, uh, an antique store and I took it with me on our first record run is like my good luck charm or whatever. And it said, do it today, tomorrow it may be illegal. And what that meant to me is, you know, it's kind of a joke because everything we're doing is illegal, but it's only illegal kind of if we get caught in the act and we're always looking forward to the day that, you know, we have a national police force or we have cameras everywhere and they start actually uh, enforcing speed or setting up rules such that cannonballing does become impossible without a real fear of legal repercussions. And and right now it's still pretty benign. Like if you get caught, they can charge you with what you get caught doing. But other than that, it's pretty much you can just go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, the fact that there are states that are uh, non-point states versus a state like Ohio where we have points, you know, those things are it's not really like you can factor them in, um, but it just kind of sits in the back of your mind like, look, we're not going to jail for 10 years for right. driving fast across the country. Right. Now, should something happen and we, we, we cause an issue, there could be that. Sure. Um, but again, that all goes back to the planning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Tommy. Great to hear from you. We'll let you get back to your to your emails or, or your laundry or whatever uh, you were finding yourself doing <laughs> that <laughs> caused you to tune on no to worries. us. Thanks okay, for the yeah. call. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, uh, will we see you uh, in November? Wink, wink. Uh, it's going to have to be next 2022, I think. I'll, I'm going to bring my Audi over All right. and uh, we'll catch up on everything. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. awesome. Same here. Looking forward to seeing you. All right. Take care, gents. Thank you. See ya. All right. Um, <clears throat> we are going to go to the Switch Cars question of the day. This podcast is brought to you by Switch Cars. They have provided our studio. Switch Cars is a wonderful, highly reputable, high-end car dealership here in Twinsburg, Ohio. If you're looking for a sweet car, or looking to sell your car, trade, or switch cars, give them a call, switchcars.com. And we have a wonderful merchandise store where we have T-shirts. We have uh, keep your woman but switch cars for the uh, uh, relationally monogamous uh, uh, ones among you who like to 
have lots of cars. We have flatten the curve for you sarcastic people and some Switch Cars t-shirts. Um, you can go to shopswitchcars.com. Use code SWITCHCAST to get 10% off your merchandise order. So the Switch Cars question of the day, which wins a free t-shirt and... Oh my goodness, one of Sean's 2830 <laughs> stickers is Alex Aldworth. Uh, his question is, why a Passat and not a 535D, A6 TDI, oh. Cayenne Diesel? This is my favorite question. Can I take a little time on this one? Yeah, I don't it's the question of the day. I don't know if it'll take a little bit of time, but you can ask some follow-ups on it. People ask me all the time, why the Volkswagen, right? And it's really just happenstance. I was in line at a gas station here locally, and I hear somebody say, hey, Sean, is that you? And I turn around, and it's a guy that I used to go to church with. Well, he now works at a Volkswagen dealership right around the corner from this gas station, and so we ended up sitting down at the benches in front of the gas station and talking for like an hour and a half because we hadn't seen each other in so long, and so much was going on in our lives. So at that time, uh, my lease was up on my SUV, and I was looking at something to buy, I wanted something a little bit nicer than the 2005 Civic that I had previously. Um, and so I, I thought, okay, well, let's let's take a look at these Volkswagens. And um, he said, man, I got these Passats. They're great. And they're diesels. And I didn't know it, I, I didn't know anything about diesel. People think it's funny because I set this diesel record. And, you know, that was kind of foisted upon us. But I bought the diesel because of the great gas mileage. Um, and I bought the car originally because I wanted to do Uber and Lyft on the side. And I thought, this is a really nice car. It rides comfortably. So for the first few months that I had it, it was my daily driver to and from work. I did ride sharing on the side with it, you know, and it rode like a grandma car. It had the, the post diesel gate tune on it. And so it was a turd. It, it just had no power whatsoever. <clears throat> and then we had this great C to C reunion in Gulf Shores. And, uh, at that point, somebody had said, hey, in April, why don't we all meet in New York and then meet in California? Okay. So we all knew what was going on. And uh, and so me and Jason, and uh, we, we, we knew that we wanted to drive together. And so I had the Passat, and I knew that it, it loved to cruise at about 90 miles an hour. That car just settles in. So I thought, okay, if I do a little bit of work, we can get it to cruise a little bit higher. And, uh, and so then I started building it specifically for that purpose. We did coilovers, we did brakes, sway bars, brake lines, stud conversion, um, everything we could to make the car handle and, and uh, stop as it needed to. We then got it tuned, uh, we got the transmission tuned, and, um, and really it was just a matter of this is what I have. You know, Had I had a Toyota Camry at that time, we'd be talking about the Toyota Camry record. <laughs> That's really what it boils down to. So uh, I love the answer, and and after the the episode name actually is the same as I'm disappointed you didn't wear this shirt I got you after he set the record I got his whole team shirts that said Dirty Diesels Done Dirt Cheap yeah. because it was Dieselgate I had a Volkswagen TDI as well and we had dirty diesels and he made his even more di dirty and he did it on a budget because yeah. it was his daily driver that's right so the follow up question is what's it like to cannonball your daily driver or to daily drive your cannonball car? Scary. Both <laughs> ways. Scary because if something happens on the run, you lose your daily driver, right? Now, we did something special with it, which we weren't intending. Um, funny story. <clears throat> As we were coming into California, I get a text from Doug that said, 
if I'd have known you were going to be so close to reaching our record, I wouldn't have spotted for you. <laughs> so, you know, we weren't intending to be within under 30 I'm hours. a little competitive. Yeah. So, um, but once you do that and you realize, oh my gosh, we, we kind of did something special here. You know, we, we, we have the overall record from Darien to Redondo. Yes. Okay. It's not a diesel record. It's the overall. So you also have the diesel non-event we, record. We also Darien have the diesel non-event record. So now... This is still my daily driver. I still get people who text me pictures and say, hey, I saw you on 480 today on my way to work where I go and sit in a warehouse all day. Um, and to people, it's a very special car, and it is to me too, but it is my daily driver. So at the time we did the run, I think I had 65,000 miles on it. We got done back in, uh, dropped Mark off in Cleveland, and I ran around the country a little bit more after that. But after everything was said and done, I think I had like 75,000 miles on it. Well, now I just crossed 190,000 miles yesterday. Holy cow. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been across the country a few times since then, uh, it's, but it's, it's bulletproof. I love it. That's great. Yeah. That's great. All right, we're going to go to uh, a caller now, um, and if you'd like to be on the show, the call-in number again is 216-294-4124. Call in to be on live with us, 216-294-4124. Where else can you talk to two Cannonball record holders at mm. once? Uh, Chris from Massachusetts uh, has a call. Chris, you are on with Doug and Sean. Hey, Chris. Hello, Doug and Sean. Good to hear you, buddy. <laughs> Do you know this scoff? This is Mr. Clemens. Oh. This is the C to C to C. C to C to C to C to C. I see. Yes. <laughs> Do you see? <laughs> I went to the eye doctor one time and she asked me if I had been taking my eye this is this is a true story. Okay. She asked me if I had been taking my eye vitamins. I said no, I've been taking my C vitamins. <laughs> she didn't find it funny. <clears throat> Yes. Anyway, Chris, what's up? So the reason I felt I needed to call in uh, is to circle back a little bit on the burden of proof. Oh, boy. The Question for you. Do to, you think Richard Rawlings did it? I do. Okay, continue. Despite my, despite my previous comments in the chat that made your <laughs> face go all red. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Um, so when Sean was getting ready to do his run, now uh, we are a special breed. When we prep to do a run, we have a tendency to go all out. Some people don't do that. But when I saw the amount of prep work that Sean was putting into that car, I knew he was going to do something special. Yeah. And the last thing I wanted for him was for him to get to California with a ridiculous time and people say, well, he couldn't have possibly done that. It's just a facade. Yeah. Yeah. So I went down there and verified their start time for them. Yep. yep. Just so he wasn't going to have that issue because, you know, wouldn't want him to be the next Richard Rawlings. Right. My hair is not nearly. I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Sean's in any danger of <laughs> of that. <laughs> but the burden of proof should be high. Yes. Yeah. Sure. But who verifies I mean, it? it? 
what's what or, or who who vets the proof uh, what is the the acceptable standard who determines that and how do those people determining it not become liable for everybody who attempts a record and that and that's the rub yeah but I don't think you can just accept somebody saying well I did X you need to be able to say well I did X and here's how I proved it yeah sure yeah, no, that's that's very good. That's why Arnie and I have proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, I, I guess my own mantra is you should have enough such that if it got subpoenaed, you would be convicted in a court of law that you did it. <laughs> because if you don't, then, you know, who's to say? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um Thanks, Chris. Uh, congrats on your run. I definitely verified your your start as well. <laughs> Chris, yeah. on his C2CC run, followed us out of uh, Manhattan. I picked them up when they were on their way back to Cleveland, and you should yep. have seen them at the fuel stop that I saw them at. Oh, they were miserable. Bad. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we, we were happy guys. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> that is a record I will never, ever try to beat. No. So kudos to you guys. Hey, thanks, Chris. Chris, would like to have you on the show sometime, too, so... Oh, gosh. Thank you for calling in. All right. Absolutely. Have a good one, Chris. Um, Boris asked, what was your diesel's range? What's the ideal range with your fuel cell? I know you had some some troubles there, but what was the ideal range? The ideal range was 1,000 miles. And that, in planning, 1,000 miles left room on the table for us to miss a fuel stop and pick one up later so that's why we assume that we can make three the last one being just inside the california border and coast into into portofino with you know plenty of fuel on board if sure. needed okay yep yeah you always have to leave room yeah. do you uh speaking of leaving room you've left a lot of room in your glass do you need a refill i would love a refill from the peanut gallery awesome that would be great um Mason said that I might have to make you talk about cars and coffee. So Mason is a, uh, a great cannibal enthusiast who lives in Maryland. Um, and he invited me down to uh, cars and coffee in Dulles, Virginia, right by Dulles airport. And I'm sure it's not Dulles, Virginia. Uh, I don't know what the town is there, but it's right next to Dulles airport. And it was a fantastic cars and coffee. Um, I drove down, stayed the night with my sister who lives in Maryland, drove an hour over the next morning and met up with him. And it was funny because here we are, this group of lunatics that loves Cannonball and gets excited for anything Cannonball. Um, and um, really, nobody there had any idea. Uh, there was a few. There was a few. Um, a gentleman in a BMW who followed me in, saw my Cannonball license plate, saw the Cannonball jacket I was wearing, uh, and, and struck up some discussion. A couple of Volkswagen guys there, that was kind of cool, uh, came over and talked to me a little bit. Uh, but there wasn't a whole lot of discussion. Well, after we left that uh, Cars and Coffee, he said, hey, this one ends at 9. There's another one just across the river in Maryland that starts at 9 uh, over there and goes to 11. So we drove over there. It only took about 20 minutes. And it was uh, by the Capital Auto Club, a very prestigious uh, car club in the D.C. area. And uh, there was Lamborghinis there and Ferraris and everything else and, and uh, your typical cars and coffee, you know, uh, showing. Um, but we ran into a guy who said, hey, I know a guy that did this. Let me go grab him and I'm going to bring him over. So he comes over and his name is Mark. Um, 
and he didn't actually do a cannonball, but he did the one lap. Okay. Yep. And so he is friends with Brock Yates Jr. Uh, he ran the one lap with Brock Yates. He shared a story about how uh, he was originally de- uh, denied entry into it because he didn't have the prerequisites of a racing license or enough high-performance driver education to qualify. And he essentially pestered his way in and won the 1988 uh, One Lap of America. So if you look That's that up, amazing. his name is Mark Johnson. His, name, his real name is Scott. Uh, Scott. Uh, it's either his real name is Scott or his real name is Mark, but it says Scott Mark Johnson. Um, wonderful guy. And he took pictures with us. Uh, he just had a, a, an absolute blast. And then there was these other guys that came up that knew him who this one guy was like, hey, man, can I take a picture in your driver's seat? Now, this is my daily driver Passat that I haven't vacuumed in probably months, you know, and I had just driven down from Ohio the night before, and it was not in showroom condition inside the doors being closed. And I said, man, it's, you know, it's kind of filthy. And he goes, I don't care, man. This car has history. I just, so I took a picture of this kid in my car, and he was just so tickled, and, and uh, that meant so much to me that he thought that much of my car. So that's what that whole Cars and Coffee was all about. That's really cool. And Mason is actually uh, building a car to do a cannonball at some point, too. uh, And he's doing doing it the right way. My goal is to do the cannonball one lap to kind of come full circle on cannonball stuff. I know they're not even, like, related at this point, but I do plan to do that in the next year or two. What does a cannonball one lap look like? Uh, You go to different tracks. Uh, It's like a five, six-day experience. And you drive from track to track. Yeah. You have three laps, essentially a warm-up lap, a hot lap, and a cool-down lap to set your hmm. whatever fastest time you can. And then you go to the next track. You sleep in hotels and all that. No chase cars. Um, and uh, it's a little more competitive now, as is everything. A lot of guys bring you know higher pro drivers to do the, the hot lap stuff. So then they can say they won the one lap, I think is kind of dumb, yeah. you know, but um, anyway, I'm, I'm sure in 88, it was, he won it in maybe a, not quite like that in an 88. Uh, I think it was an 87 BMW M five big, That's heavy sweet. saloon overall or his class overall. Yeah. Yeah. I Amazing. mean, now you have to have, you know, like, guys showing up in gt2 well we sold a gt2 rs to a guy who who a brand new one to a guy who was doing one lap i'm like i don't know how you i don't know how you compete with that um the phone lines are open we had some some backlog there um so if you were waiting to get on or get through you can call now um 216-294-4124 is a number to be on with myself and sean um Let's see what uh, what question can we go to next um, from Alvis Elliott. How common is stimu- stimulant usage during a cannonball attempt? Um, we try not to do cocaine, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, we, there was no cocaine in my car. Right. I can I can attest to yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Rudy's world says. Then there was some debate on, about this. Rudy's World says, we need to have a rust bucket cannonball record, a mashup between the cannonball and lemons rally, worse cars than the C2C Express. Let me tell you what, Rudy. (laughs) I've done the C2C Express. It doesn't get much worse than that. No, it does not. If you would like to go worse than that, you are welcome to it. I don't think anybody is challenging that. No, because the thing about the C2C Express was there was such a variety of cars. Yeah, you had the guys who built these phenomenal vehicles, but we all started out 
with these $3,000 rust buckets. <clears throat> and the car I was in with, with uh, Claiborne and Ryan uh, was built, was, was a car he pulled out of his field next to his house and built specifically for that run. He put a 455 uh, Pontiac engine in it, uh, a four-speed transmission, and we had a bad output shaft bearing on the transmission and could not go above 65 miles an hour. 44 plus hour, 40, 49 plus hours across the country. That's miserable. You blew a transmission in Chicago, get a different car, and beat it, beat our time by over five hours. After, we were in the after s- sleeping for the night. Yeah, we were in but the same car. How many, but not only you guys, but the regulators, the, the, the team of cops and their yeah. 49 Buick right. or whatever, Bradley Young and his Shrek mobile. Oh I mean, there's been. 50 80 100 hour runs and yeah. no yeah, no this no, this premise is, looks forward to that this premise has already been handled just in the routine of trying to get a car that old to that right that capability right yeah exactly uh what from copped what has surprised you the most during any of your cannonball runs uh i guess for us was the fact that we could accomplish what we accomplished with a car that really should not have been anywhere close to that i mean so you mentioned the live stream that you guys had when you ran the AMG, and uh, you know we watched that and seeing the speeds that you uh, guys ran and the time you ran, we never thought we would be anywhere within the ballpark of under thirty hours. So the biggest surprise for us was the fact that as we're going into California, you know Jason's freaking out, going, "Man, we we've got something here. We could do this." That that's that that's what it was for us. So let's, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go there now. So we did 27 hours, 25 minutes yeah. pre-COVID. That's the, I mean, I, so be, disclaimer, I am really happy that all of these questions, nobody asked a thing about COVID runs, non-COVID runs, asterisks, whatever. And I feel like that is the general sentiment now. In fact, I've heard that so much lately when people said, oh, hey, meet Doug, he's a record holder. Oh, the one during covid i'm like golly yes but no both of them um yeah so i'm glad that that wasn't a topic tonight but i'm gonna be that jerk and i'm gonna make it a topic because it it does matter right so we had 700 horsepower we did 27 hours and 25 minutes it took us six years it took anybody six years to beat the previous record held by ed at 2850 yeah and then in a span of four months there was, uh, we'll say six times, six verified times, uh, faster than twenty-seven twenty-five, and another three, I think, in between ours and Ed. So Ed's record was beaten, you know, eight or nine times yeah. um, during that time. So it, it's it's true from that data that there's a difference with yes. no traffic. Yes. It's true that there was an advantage during COVID. I think it was about two to three hours um, based on our runs. Do you think there should be an asterisk on the COVID runs? Why or why not? I have fully embraced the asterisk. So uh, the the short answer is... I say, hey, if you're going to go out there at all, it's your own asterisk, so... So the answer the the answer is no, um, and the and the reason is this: 
you encounter what you encounter when you go on your run. Okay. When Ed said 2850, he didn't think anybody else would ever come close to that because he didn't encounter construction, traffic jams, any police interaction. The weather was fine. And he accomplished 2850. Mm-hmm. And his thoughts were, man, you know, this is what we encountered. He didn't deserve an asterisk because he didn't encounter all those things. Right. Well, when COVID happened, we never planned to go out and take advantage of COVID. You know, like I said uh, uh, previously, this was all planned in January when COVID was really not even a thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, so uh, we just kept the date. I'd already taken the time off work. I'd already started building the car. I had to convince uh, Jason, hey, listen, this is something we really need to go do because he was kind of hemming and hawing because of COVID. But we we just kept the time and the date. And so, um, yes, the traffic was much lighter. Construction wasn't happening. Uh, it, it, there was a very big difference, but that was what we encountered. Now, will there be a time going forward when the conditions are the same or better? It's possible. I don't, I don't, I can't foresee it, but it's possible. Yeah. Um, you know, I, when it happened, it's funny because when it happened, everybody brought that up to us and I was kind of offended by it. We just went out there and busted our hump and made this happen. And you're trying to tell me that it doesn't mean the same thing because of COVID. And so I was really defensive of that, and I said, no, no, no. You know, we encountered more trucks, and we did, um, but it still wasn't the same. I think the traffic out west was nearly the same as well. Is that right? Um, It it was for our run anyway. Ours was later. but um, So Dave Black, who was uh, Ed's co-driver, made a spreadsheet talking about how many times you have to slow down and speed up for somebody going the speed limit, essentially like the 70 to 130 uh, matrix. Yeah. And I was like 1500 times. Wow. And, um, he basically, it was Dave is a computer guy. He's a, Um, he's a brain. He's, he's brilliant. So he figured out essentially the horsepower advantage. So if you had 200 horsepower versus 700 horsepower, how much time that actually adds up to. So if it's two seconds difference in getting from 70 to 130 with a higher horsepower car during normal traffic patterns, that would make like an hour or an hour and a half difference. You know, he just added it up two seconds, three seconds times 1500 and said, well, here's the difference in that horsepower. And his kind of theory was that, well, during COVID, you didn't have those slowdowns. That's true. You could maybe say you might have had 500 as opposed to 1,500, maybe even less. So the the horsepower uh, handicap effectively went away. And that's why it was, I guess we'll say, easier for the A8 guys to do what they did with 130 mile an hour speed limit and your top speed was around 130 135 132 yeah. okay um is because you didn't need the the massive horsepower and the high speeds yeah that's in true. order to counteract yep. the constant slowdowns to 70 miles an hour so there's an advantage for sure does advantage mean asterisk i don't know yeah but what i told you and i think what i stand by is that there's no asterisk for COVID, but COVID kind of robbed us all of the significance of yeah. the run itself. Sure. Especially for us because we lost our record and then had to go get it back. And now it doesn't mean as much because people are like, oh, you just did the COVID record. We're like, no, no, no. We, we had the record that it took six years to beat. And yeah. like, that was a big deal. And, you know, now it's just, oh, you're one of the COVID records. Yeah. But I told Sean that I said, 
instead of looking at it like you have an asterisk, look at it like COVID kind of took a little bit of the significance away from what you did because what you did was special and significant no matter what. So let's say you there was no COVID and you went out on that weekend that you planned to go and let's take away the two, two and a half hour advantage yeah. and you did 31. That'd be amazing. That would be in a sense more impressive or more noteworthy yeah. because less people would have done it during COVID and it would have been a bigger deal on a relative aspect. You want to go this upcoming weekend or what? <laughs> no. So it, it like, I don't think it diminishes anything you've done and I don't think there should be an asterisk either because again, when does the asterisk start or end or do you put an asterisk right. for, you know, there's people asking about what about a non-fuel cell record, a stock record, a this record, a that record. Yeah. Everything has an asterisk except the overall friggin' record. But, like, you can't choose your conditions. No. You can't choose your circumstances. You didn't. No. You just went. You just look at the amount of people who have said, you know, I'd really like to do this, and then the amount of people that actually have, and you realize whether you do it in 28 hours and 30 minutes, you know, 25 hours and 39 minutes, or you do it in, in 40 hours, right? It's rarefied air to show up at Red Ball or Good Wives and drive across the country to the Portofino yeah. in a vehicle that makes it the entire way that you deserve your name in that list right. regardless. And you did it with 170 horsepower in a car that only went 132 miles an hour. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think you actually have a second record, no, third record, sorry. So oh, you have the please. diesel record, the Darien to, to LA, a Portofino record. I think you also have the lowest horsepower record. Wow. I never even thought about that. Yeah, no. So I'm looking at the sub 32 hour times. Okay. Um, Dodge Charger rental car that's got to have more than yeah 170 horsepower, maybe less torque. Um, 2012 Honda Odyssey. Those V6 have like 300. Um, I think the only one. I mean, we've got Audi S6, 700 horsepower, Ford Mustang, 460 horsepower, BMW M5 competition, like 700 horsepower, another Audi S8 Plus, 800 horsepower, E63 S AMG, Cadillac ATS, that, you know, that, that Yummy day. did. That yeah. was, but those are 300 something. Yeah. Um, and then you, Volkswagen yeah. Passat, right. up there with all these heavy hitters, yeah. CL55 AMG, Chevrolet Corvette, Audi S8, the next the next one that's anywhere near probably your horsepower is the next diesel record, which was Romy and Seth in an Audi A4 three-liter diesel. Which has still got to be, what, 300 horsepower? I don't know. All-wheel drive? Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. don't know what uh, that one is, but yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if it's... If it's the same engine that was in my Touareg, then it was, yeah, it's like 280, 250, something like that. So, yeah. so uh, That's an accomplishment in and of itself. Right, and it's all, you know, it's it's this post-diesel gate, you know, tuned-down engine that we kind of livened up a little bit and had a lot of fun with, and, and Jason and I took that thing afterwards, and we drove right to the front door of Volkswagen because we, we were trying to get a little bit of a pat on the back from them, you know? Hey, look what we did with your car, you know? Yeah. But because of the whole Volkswagen TDI scandal, they didn't want nothing to do with it. Um, so we, we drove there <laughs> right to the factory where it was made, took pictures right on their front four st uh, doorstep and everything. And it was, a, it was a lot of fun. I love that you did that. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, here's a good mm -hmm. one from Orani first. Do you think the Chevy SS is a cannonball car? The Chevy? Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Four door V eight, you know, yeah. LS engine, rear wheel drive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sort of looks like a cop car. Yeah. I, that Unrecognizable was, that was to most my, people. Before I met Arnie, that was one of my top considerations. Yeah. I didn't like it because it was aluminum, and aluminum did doesn't have a proper ground plane for a CB radio for like really really good range. But nobody uses CBs anymore, anyways. So. so hold on, the SS, the entire body is aluminum. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, hmm. the I wanted to do it in a Caprice PPV because that was steel. But again. Who cares about CB anymore? So yeah, Chevy SS would be great. And if you can get one of the uh, the uh, import a Holden one that has that's essentially the Z06. It has the yeah. Z06 the LS7 and, and the Z06 brakes and all that. Friggin' game over. <clears throat> yeah, I, th- I think that would be the uh, the best American car to do it in. Absolutely. Uh, from Thor Five, how many people were in the car? Three. What performance mods have been done to the Volkswagen? It was tuned, I mean, you know, an electronic tune, basically where we uh, bought a tune from a company. I uploaded my factory um, files from my computer to them. They modified them, emailed them back. I uploaded them to the car. And that's really about it as far as performance mods. Sure. How do you prepare mentally and physically for the run? Uh, man, this could be answered three different ways because we had three different people in the car. Um, uh, for me, uh, Physically, it was you, you, you abstain from caffeine for, you know, two to three weeks beforehand. That way, any kind of little bit of stimulant you get, whether it's the coffee beans or the five iron energy or whatever it is, you know, that affects you a, a whole lot greater. You're, you're more alert. Um, really, that was about it. I mean, uh, I, I worked until the day before we left, so I couldn't take a whole lot of time off and get my, you know, sleep schedule in line. Um what we did in the car was we had two drivers, me and Jason, and Mark was our full-time spotter, uh, who allowed me and Jason to kind of rotate back and forth on taking uh, time off. Um, and then Mark was able to hop in the back and take some some rest as well. So we having three people is really ideal mm-hmm. because you alleviate that uh, constantly being on. You're allowed right. to get that rest. Um, so that that's that's really about it. In one of the, I think it was in Brock Gates' book, Cannonball, one of the guys said the best way to prepare for it is to go out and sit in your car for 30 hours doing nothing. And if you can do that, then you can do a Cannonball. Yeah, I remember that. I think that's the stupidest thing that's ever been said. Why? Because you have no stimulation when you're sitting in a car. I will fall, I fall asleep driving at the speed limit. Yeah, I have yeah. to speed for my own safety because I am bored at 70 miles an hour. Yeah. When my brain stops, stops functioning, I fall asleep. Hmm. Interesting. I've not gotten to use that excuse yet for a cop, but it, <laughs> it absolutely is 100% true. Yeah. Um, so, but you're, you're, in a sense, you're stimulated, you're hyper-focused the entire run. That's I true, cannot, yeah. like, I am a hypo, not a hypochondriac. What's the thing where you fall asleep at, like, anywhere? Um, Nar- narcissistic. Narcoleptic. A lot of people have told me I'm narcissistic. I think that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, I can, I'll fall asleep in church. Like, I can fall asleep anywhere. Yeah. I fall asleep immediately when we're done our runs, but I am awake and alert for the whole run. It's something different psychologically that kicks in. Yeah, Jason and I, ne- neither of us slept. 
Now, Mark, he 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 was sawing logs in the back seat quite a bit. I mean, but he wasn't driving, you know, so he he had a lot going on, and it was wearing him out, you know, being on Facebook and all that. No, I'm just kidding. But 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 Jason and I, we just we were on point the whole time until we got there. And in fact, that night um, when we arrived at the Portofino, you know, this was a, just an amazing weekend because of so many people who who ran that we didn't even know. So there was us, and there was Yummy who ran, and we knew him. Uh, he arrived 45 minutes after we did, so we saw him arrive. Um, and then we went back to the hotel, and we're all having, you know, some cores, celebrating our victory, you know, that this thing that we just did. And we get a call, you know, or a text that says, hey, there's another team that's coming in that might break the record. Can you verify them, you know, coming in? I was so spent. I never saw those guys come in. I don't know if they arrived or not. It could be all a myth to me. Uh, but but Jason and Mark went down and, and verified that. So, um, yeah, it, when we were doing the run, we were on point the whole time. Yeah. Once we were done, it was like the bottom let out and you just slept. Yep. Yeah. All right. I have four more questions I want to get through tonight. Um, <clears throat> I would like some more tequila in order to make it through them. Uh, Benjamin, who is in the portable toilet rental business, asked... At what points did you go, shoot, we could beat the record? <clears throat> Would you mind if I, at this point, invited my co-driver up to answer that question? Yes. Because it was him who actually said those exact words. Before, while he comes, though, come on, come on co-driver. So th- this guy's in the portable toilet rental business. I, I think there might be some synergy between his business and cannonballing. <laughs> Everybody talks about mobile refueling. Why not? Let's talk mobile pooping, right? <clears throat> if we could have a poop truck. Well, I'll pose this question to we you, could... Doug. <clears throat> what was your waste management situation uh, on your run? Cheese. <laughs> okay. All right. Ours was just simply fuel stops, take care of business. So, yeah, uh, that was it. But <clears throat> if you got to go number two, yeah. friggin' A. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so so at the microphone right now is, is Jason Atkins. Jason was my co-driver on the 2830 run. Uh, we've also done other runs, including the Southern Classic, where we race from Atlanta to Texarkana and back to see how fast we can go get some Coors beer, just like they did in the movie Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, so we have a great affinity for one another, and we do well in a car together. So when we were coming into California, it was Jason who said this exact thing, that, man, we're getting ready to do something special. So repeat that question for him. At what points did you go, shoot, we could beat the record? I don't know where he's from, so I was just picking a random accent. I'm from a small town called Newark, Ohio. Um, I would say it's somewhere around Bakersfield when I took back over. And with Cannonball, it's almost like a rolling equation. Um, you never know where you're at. But once, we, once I took place in Bakersfield, we knew that we almost had an hour left of time that we could spend on the side of the road or broke down. Um, we had watched our averages across the country. We knew we carried almost 105 across the country. And then we hit the mountains and it slowed us down. And I'm in the back seat having almost had a panic attack. I had spent hours trying to um, get us up to speed, yeah. get a great rolling average. And next thing I know, we hit the mountains. And when we come back out of Utah, we realized that we still had a great average. You know, we had spent hours below what we needed to be. But then when we got out of Utah, 
um, we got back into lower atmosphere, the Passat picked back up. At that point, we were able to get back some speed, and we were starting to make it back up time. And when I took back over, I was wondering if we could do it or not. So at that point, like you and Arnie on your southern run, I didn't worry so much about spotting as much as the time. Yeah. And if how we did get, you feel when you realized, like, I think we got this? Proud, pride. Um, I never thought we would beat any record. It's all about your personal goals. And your personal goals is what's most important in a cannonball. When you beat your personal goals, you're proud of it. When you beat the record of someone that you admire, that's something that you take home and tell your friends about, you tell your family about. You might even cry about it when you get home and no one that has a manly or you know a, a um, machismo about them is watching you. You might sit down and, and cry for a minute because you've watched these people do this and next thing you know, you've just elapsed their time in a fucking Passat. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And yeah. next thing you know, people are asking you, what, what would it take to beat your diesel time? You would have to build a diesel that could beat Ed Bullion's AMG Mercedes. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. At this point, if, mm -hmm. if you want the diesel record, you need a diesel that can outrun an AMG Mercedes. Yep. That that's where it sits. Yeah. Well, you need a team. That that's that's a lot of it. It's not yeah. the yeah. car. It's it's a lot of it. The team. Um, maybe everything. Uh, Mark Sapinski asked. Uh, thank you, Jason. Uh, any lesser known cannonball records that you'd be interested in trying to beat? We already beat a lesser known record. Hey oh. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even Diesel. know I was doing it. Alternative fuel. Um, yeah, I mean. Any other ones? So, I mean, things pop up all the time. It's you're like, man, that's really interesting. I'd love to get a shot. You know, the three-wheel record or the motorcycle record. Um, the electric car record, uh, you know, I feel like now that I'm 42 years old, the electric car record, I could get down with stopping 27 <laughs> times and having a nap. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, other than that, no, I there's, you know, for me, it's going the other direction. It's, I constantly think about what would it take to take the overall record, Doug. I think about it all the time. But, it, you know, it's not realistic at this point. But, you know, I think about it. Yeah. You know. I. We all do all the time. Right. Well, even once you have the record, you, you sit around fantasizing about what's the what's the ultimate run, what's the ultimate car. And that that's what gets us into it in the first place. It's sure. that constant pursuit. And that's what Ed always talks about is is the the trying to overcome a challenge. Yeah. Um what was it like to see the E sixty three wreck? So um we were I spotted for Sean across Ohio in the Corvette. Yeah. Um ran across the whole state. Arnie uh, spotted ran the whole state of Illinois in the E63, the record car. Arnie then pulled over to the side of the road to film them going by, and a trucker who fell asleep ran into the back of the car. Uh, Mark saw it through the binoculars. You, I guess, saw it but didn't know what was happening. What was it like to come up on that scene Man. in the middle of your run? Um. It was surreal, I guess is the best way to explain it, is is that um, we didn't know what we were looking at. You know, I remember it as um, yeah, coming up and seeing a truck 
perpendicular to the roadway, a semi perpendicular roadway, basically spanning from the westbound lanes to the eastbound lanes. And Arnie's car kind of hobbling along uh, across all four lanes of the road over to the median because the impact had already happened. He had already gotten back in the car and was trying to drive over to where the truck driver was to get his car out of the road. All of the debris was still in the road. His guys were on on the other side of the, uh, uh, whatever that is, the guardrail. Excuse me. And uh, we just, we we really didn't know what we were seeing. Now, when it comes to cannonball, there is nothing worse than an accident because the safety record of cannonballing is impeccable. And so when we saw this, the first thought that crossed our mind is, is, oh my gosh, we did something that caused this to happen. Maybe we should just shut it down at this point. Um, and so as we pulled up to the scene, Arnie had pulled over to the, to the middle of the median and had said to us, he literally hopped out of his car and just said, go, go, go. I love watching the video of that. That was very hard to do. Not of the wreck, but of him. Yeah. Like just go, get it, it. it really, go it, get it. I'll never get that image out of my mind. And, um, it was very hard to continue. And we had conversation in the car for multiple hours after that, because it took about three hours before he texted us and let us know what had actually happened. Mm-hmm. So not only is he do, are, are, you know, we're on a glimpse feed, which is a GPS feed that people can follow us. He's on a gl- on that same glimpse feed, so we can see where he was when he was spotting for us. So after that fact, I watched him for three and a half hours, basically pacing back and forth on this median, you know, dealing with the tow truck driver and the insurance and the police and all this stuff. Um. And finally, three and a half hours later, he texts us and let us know, hey, look, you know, uh, we were stopped. We were out of the car. Truck driver fell asleep, ran into us, which was a huge relief for all of us. Yeah. Um, but there was very serious conversation about we should probably just stop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you didn't. Yeah. Uh, the last question. I don't know if this has an answer. Uh, Overton Automotive Brokers and many others and many media people have asked, 24 hours or bust? You know, that's, that's another one of those things where <clears throat> I think about quite a bit. Um, I just, I think 24 hours is a dangerous uh, benchmark that if somebody shoots for, bad things are going to happen. Sure. I, I think it's one of those things where people have seen the records fall so much in a short period of time, aided by COVID. Yeah that they think that it just will continue to happen. And what we're really seeing is, is the amount of time the records are getting beat by compressed. Yeah. And we're getting closer and closer to that threshold. I think, and I, I told everybody who asked me that question in interviews, 24 hours was possible during the early days of COVID when yeah. there was no traffic. Absolutely. It was, I don't think it's possible now. Somebody may prove me wrong. I don't think it's possible for me. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't think I want to try it. No. Um, so, well, with that cliffhanger, I guess, I, <laughs> uh, the, the 24 hours will never be achieved. Some said 30 never would be. Um, this podcast is all to, all, all to, also brought to you by Celebrity Machines, which is a proud sponsor of SwitchCast. Celebrity Machines offers more than 250 didn't different screen-accurate license plate as they appeared in movies and TV shows like Fast and the Furious, 
The Office. This is one of my favorite ones. Big William Hung fan. Uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters, A Fast and the Furious, Breaking Bad, and so many more. Celebrity Machines also makes our dealer insert plates as well as our commemorative 2539 plates from our record run. Uh, visit CelebrityMachines.com for more info and use promo code SWITCHCAST to get a whopping 25.39% discount at checkout. That's right. CelebrityMachines.com promo code SWITCHCAST. Um, the props and flops for this week. All right. The flop of the week is a personal vendetta. I tried to buy a Porsche this week from Bentley of Indianapolis. Now, in this crazy market, we can't expect dealers to negotiate much, if at all. We are firm on some of our asking prices, but we still negotiate some. I get that. But it's all about the attitude. This dealer at a 2010-911 advertised for 85 grand, but in the fine print, it stated that the price included a $1,000 discount if you financed it through the dealer and the cash price was $1,000 more. So you really had to pay 86 for a car advertised at 85. I talked to two different managers and a salesman, played the usual dealer games, went around everybody, two days of negotiation, basically trying to beg this dealer to sell me the car for their advertised price, and they refuse. That's their prerogative, mm. but I think it's kind of lame. And the only other time I've seen that advertising practice uh, was at a buy-here-pay-here here, shady ghetto used car dealership on the East Coast. So is it legal? Well, it depends on the state. Indiana has very vague rules about deceptive advertising practices, but our rules in Ohio would make this clearly illegal. They are as follows, quote, if a rebate, discount, or price reduction is not available to all consumers, the amount may not be subtracted to arrive at an advertised price. So whatever, they sold the car to somebody else is what it is. The prop of the week goes to a car and its unknown owner. It is a well was a well-set-up Shelby GT500 that I saw in cars and bids. It was finished in a gorgeous, deep-impact blue metallic, and the owner had removed the stripes and added the KR hood, which gave it just a really good look. Uh, he also added tons of performance upgrades. Ford 5.8-liter fully-built long block from l and engines, Slocko Racing ported heads, Kenny Bell 3.5-liter supercharger, American Racing race headers, SCT flash tuner, carbon drive shaft, center force clutch, and on and on. It was a perfect setup. But with all that horsepower, not surprisingly, the Carfax showed a prior accident. Mm. Predictably, it's noted as a single vehicle incident. But what Carfax doesn't say about this Mustang accident is how many pedestrians were involved. <laughs> and that's, of course, what the internet really wants to know. I kid, I kid. That car was really awesome. Kudos to the seller on a perfect setup and congrats to the new owner on a heck of a deal. Sean, thank you for yeah. being on tonight. Thanks for having me. Uh, where can people find you on the internet or follow your uh, shenanigans and adventures? Sure. So on Instagram, uh, we've got two setups. We got uh, Road Trip West, uh, you can look up there, or uh, uh, Petter, or on Facebook, Sean Petter as well. Gotcha. Thank you for being on. Well, thank you again to my co-host, Sean Petter. Our sponsors, GT Vault, BoxCast, Switch Cars, Celebrity Machines, and Stephen Holm Woodworking, who made this awesome desk for us. Thank you to our producer and call screener, Ethan Huffenagel. Our bumper music, 
bumper our bumper music is provided by Emily and Ivory. You can stream the full album on Spotify or SoundCloud. This episode will be available Friday in audio format on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Look up SwitchCast. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next Wednesday at 8 p.m. with a new co-host, and we'll look forward to answering your automotive questions to help you on the drive of your life.